What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We preview teen and junior nationals. That will be taking place this week in Lombard, Illinois. We will actually be commentating all the actions. So from beginning to end, I will be commentating teen, high school, collegiate, junior level lifters. Steve will be joining me later end towards the week to commentate the collegiate and junior lifters. It's actually teen, high school, junior, and collegiate nationals, but I like to call it teen and junior nationals because it's just a little easier to say. And here is our preview show for it. Now, it was hard to cover everything. It was hard to get information and everything for this episode. We actually did a lot of it on the fly like as we were doing the preview show. There's still some battles. There's still some storylines that we wanted to talk about. It's always a compelling meet. We do love um, collegiate nationals. We did a recap show of it last year. We love it, but because of the scheduling of it and the amount of le- uh, amount of lifters on the roster, it's really hard to pick out the storylines and spotlight certain lifters. So we probably left some people off that are going to have big meets and really surprise us. And we're hoping that happens. And if we did miss you, we apologize. But you know that's the issue occasionally with doing these preview shows. But we're excited. To see the action, we're excited to commentate the action. This is a great preview show. Um, we had a lot of fun with it as well, and also we just talked about what to do in Illinois because uh, both Steve and I are from the great state of Illinois. So um, if you're looking for a little touristy things to do, listen to the last part of the episode. I go into a rant about Whataburger and how Portillo's is much better than it. It's a must listen. But before we get into that, got to talk to you guys about Left Lab Rose. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftlabrose.com. Follow them on Instagram and get the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport right now. Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on the best merchandise. Left Floor Bros is amazing. They're the best. They are continuously evolving with the sport, and they give back to the lifters. The Left Floor family is growing, and I love to see it. And if you don't believe me, go on their Instagram. Follow them on Instagram. If you listen to 2 by Lice and you don't follow Left Floor Bros, shame on you. I'm disappointed in you. I love you, but I'm still disappointed in you. Because you will see the content they are releasing. They are they are challenging SBD on these content level videos that they've been posting on Left Floor Bros. All the athletes have been getting great, great professional. Of course, they're all professional lifters, right? So they've been getting great professional videos and promos. And also, their merchandise is just beautiful. We all look great. I mean, we're all good-looking people who are on Left Floor Bros. But we look even better now because they make you look good from head to toe. Hats. Shirts, joggers, shorts, socks, they got it all. They make you look good. They make you look good in the gym, outside of the gym, on the platform, off the platform. They are the best because of that. So use that promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money at checkout. Remember that promo code 2WL15 and follow them on Instagram. Remember, if you listen to 2 White Lights, don't follow Left Floor Bros on Instagram. I'm just disappointed in you. Also... After you're done visiting Left Floor Bro, go to lift.net to get yourself some stoic gear. I wear stoic gear in the gym and on the platform because it's the best powerlifting gear in the sport right now. I only wear it because it's quality. And also, with this quality, they're looking pretty damn good too. I don't know if you guys saw those navy blue uh, wrist wraps, knee sleeves, belts. They're fantastic. They're a must-have, and also they're affordable as well. You're not paying for just the label. You're paying for quality. Use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some more money on Stoic Gear. Remember, go to lift.net, use promo code ANGELO10 to get yourself some Stoic Gear. 
Get yourself a singlet. Get yourself some knee sleeves. Get yourself some wrist straps. Get yourself a belt as well. Use that promo code. Save yourself some money on already affordable powerlifting gear. Also, powerlifters, you don't eat healthy. It's just a fact. Most of you can improve your nutrition a lot. Nutrition is going to be very important in your performance in the gym and on the platform. So go to Freshly.com and get yourself some healthy meals. They ship nationwide. So it doesn't matter what state you're in. Freshly has got you covered. They have macro-friendly, delicious macro-friendly meals. They have vegetables. They got their vitamins in it. It can help you get your micros as well. Guys, I'm telling you, don't be in your car eating gummy worms and thinking it's going to improve your workout. It's not. Have Freshly before you go to the gym or after the gym as well, and just get your vitamins in and your macros in. Also, it tastes better than some gummy worms and a Monster Energy drink. Trust me, I'm a big food guy. I prefer to have Freshly over any alternative. So remember, go to Freshly.com and use promo code ANG, A-N-G-A-F-F, to save yourself some money. Actually, people have been saving a lot of money using that code. You get, like, I think up to $45 off on your order if you use that promo code do it eat healthier and also it tastes fantastic too i have some in my i have some in my fridge right now and i get the stuff that i like also you get the stuff that you would like on freshly and remember to subscribe on apple Podcasts. leave a five-star rating leave a review as well guys i'm telling you if you guys leave those reviews and you make them funny enough and you make them creative enough we will read them on Two White Lights. Make sure they're five-star reviews. Don't be like the one person who gave us a one-star review and said the episode is awesome that we did with Heather Connor. I don't get why they did that. It might have been a slip of the finger. Maybe it was mean. Who knows? Use Leave a five-star rating, leave a review, and also leave a five-star rating, and also follow on Spotify. We're available on those two platforms. Subscribe on twowhitelights.com as well. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Oh baby, I like it more. Yeah, baby, I like it more. Oh baby, I like it more. Yeah, baby, I like it more. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take her away. Off on the natural charge, bone for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodger Brooklyn squad. Who take the love, he's on the score. Rain on the college ass, just don't go. And as promised, I have Steve, the Oracle, the Novi, with me now to talk a little bit about teen, high school, junior, collegiate nationals, but I like to call it frat nats. I've been, I've been getting in a lot of trouble with how I'm titling this, and there's a lot of confusion on what I'm commentating to, because they keep on asking me specific divisions. I, I still say call it frat nats. I, I get teen and high school aren't in that, but might as well be. They they all they all fit into that same spectrum. Um, yeah, it's weird. This is a big. This is a huge meet. I mean, I think there's fifteen hundred people competing total or something like that. Something insane. Um, yeah, I can't keep. Well, well, we're gonna do this preview show. We weren't planning on doing it. We kind of decided last night that we would uh, separate this into our own little preview. So we'll see how that goes. I don't, I don't, I know I didn't do as much research as I usually do, but even if you do, there's just too many lifters. Well, there's no way to cycle through everyone as well as the way USAPL does their database now for registration. It's so hard to sift through everything. Like it's, it, 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 like you can't organize stuff to make, to find like men raw, this division. It, it's too annoying. Yeah. I think 
our plan, it, it, not so much that it doesn't deserve a preview show. I think there's enough to talk about where you can get a really good preview show. It's more so we don't know exactly how to do research on this because there's so many lifters. And also, it's not like it's broken up into prime times, the ranking system as well. You kind of have to pick and choose what you're going to talk about and the battles you're going to talk about. It's easier to do a recap show because then you get to see what happened. You see the results and talk about what you've seen. You get to watch the entire event. You get to um, analyze the lifters, and it makes for a really good recap show. Last year, the recap show was fantastic. We didn't do a preview show for this exact reason. It's so damn hard to do research on these lifters, um, especially when they're young, when um, there's so many lifters who are going to be there. But, you know, I think we should still take a stab at it, talk about some things, and, you know, maybe provide some of these lifters a spotlight and there are battles going on at this uh, at this meet, and two white lights love battles, and we want to see it yeah, more. Not only and uh, collegiate lifters and uh, and junior lifters really do care about this, and, and not only battles within weight class to be the collegiate, the team, the junior national champion. Um, we've also, as we kind of discussed briefly on last episode, we've also got the battles for gaining spots into the junior primetime session at Mega Nationals to win a pro card. That will be interesting, though, because we're going to talk about it. I mean, there's a lot of people we're going to talk about that, like, especially on the women's side, that they might be the favorites to win open nationals, let alone winning collegiate or the junior primetime. So I wonder how many of those, I don't see them signed up. Uh, the ones we're going to talk about, I don't. Only one of them, I think, is signed up so far for Ron App. So I, I'm wondering how that's going to happen. Like, how many of them are going to sign up for Open? How many people are going to forego the Open and do the collegiate or the collegiate and junior primetime session? That'll be interesting as well. But we we've got well to give a brief breakdown. Uh, if you haven't listened to the last episode, um, the top ten collegiate and juniors based off of dots, men, women, raw and equipped, and the top four high school and teen got based off of dots get 14 spots in the uh, primetime session at Nationals on Tuesday night. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we'll have to see who accepts that, who wants to do that versus going into the open classes at Raw um, and all that kind of stuff. But they'll they'll get not only their own primetime session, but there's a pro card up for grads for them to win. Um, and there's definitely plenty of lifters here that are pro-worthy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Abs- well, there's definitely lifters who are pro-worthy, but also, I mean – we're going to talk about it. Who can can win a national championship open? You alluded to it earlier. That's going to be important. But also, I think that I, I, I do like the idea of that primetime session being at nationals for the teen and junior lifters. I actually like that a lot, especially because now with the IPF gone, a lot of lifters did juniors last year to qualify for worlds. And now I don't see a good reason to do junior nationals anymore. But I think the incentive to compete at a primetime level at Mega Nationals is it, – it, I don't know if it matches Worlds um, for that, but it's something to really shoot for. Um, and also competing for a pro card, we saw how that is. You know, if you're competing just for first place, you're going to get a really good competition there as well. So, I mean, I think the USAPL did a good job of providing some sort of incentive for those junior lifters to compete at Junior Nationals and um, – and provide them with something they can shoot for with this pro series. Um, I, I do like that aspect of it. and uh, But I don't think it really hurt the roster, though. A lot of lifters, like I said last year, signed up for Junior Nationals to compete at Worlds, and you saw a little bit better of a roster. 
Um, one, a lot of those lifters underperformed, and we didn't get to see them anyways compete or uh, have a chance to compete at Worlds because they didn't qualify. Um, but this year, I still think the roster is looking pretty damn good without the incentive of competing for a world spot. I agree. The only thing I'll say, at this point, I would say junior and collegiate shouldn't be separate since there doesn't need to be a distinction anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only 60. There's, there's some battles in the juniors. There's some really good people signed up, but there's only 62 juniors signed up. There's 945. At this point, just combine those two. I, I don't see why they need to be separate anymore. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't. Pretty much every junior qualifies to be collegiate as well for the most part. I don't really think there needs to be a distinction there. So it was my personal opinion. I would just combine those at those point, this point since we don't need that distinction for world bids and everything. Um, but, yeah, that, that's just my opinion. I'd rather just see them all together. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would agree with you on that. I mean, I've been trying to push this for such a long time. Just make juniors and collegiates the same thing. Just combine it, make teen lifters up to 18 years old, and then junior 18 through 22, and then anything after 22, you're open. Yeah, I, I like that. I would you like, mean 19 through 22? Yeah, 19. I think they'll figure out, like, the dates and, like, the cutoff of it, too. I, I just – I like the idea of it just being collegiate powerlifting is junior powerlifting. So as soon as you are in college – you are a junior slash collegiate powerlifter, and when you're in high school, you're a high school slash teen lifter. Like that's yeah, I agree. I think they should just be the same because does the NCAA football have yeah. juniors and collegiate enough or uh, football players? No, they have collegiate. We know they're juniors though. Exactly. The same with high school, we don't have separation there. So yeah, it's just, they should just be the same thing. And within the professional level that we have in the USAPL now, it's like if you want to declare yourself for open, that's what you do. Like you declare yourself for open, like. If you are, if you want to be a pro lifter, you have to declare yourself as open, because like if you're trying to like hop between junior, collegiate, and open, like I, I don't know, I I would like someone, I would like lifters to commit, like if they're a really good open lifter, or if you're a guy like uh, Lucky, who's always been like, I'm competing with the open guys, just have them declare for open, and then like once you declare for open, you can't really go back to junior or collegiate. I like that. I mean, I hundred percent going back to professional series. That's what it would be like. You can't, once you lose your amateur status, you can't go back to amateur status. So yeah, I think that would be great. I mean, I mean, that would make it so I mean, if you're the best open lifter and you're also a junior, you're going to be open. Like mm-hmm. you're going pro you, you do the NBA draft and you can't go back to college basketball now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've been, like, I've been saying this for about three years now, so I don't know if they'll change it in all honesty. That's a little bit harder of a I, change. I don't think it's hard. I think it's honestly makes everything easier. Yeah, well, it makes everything easier. Just I don't know if they're gonna like. It's just when you change like age things, when you change things, like divisions based on age, I think you still have to take into account other federations as well, and uh, like how other people do it. Like I don't like making it unique to USAPL might might be an issue. I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with them not changing the actual ages. Just combine teen and high school is one thing. Combine juniors and collegiate is one thing and don't have that separation. And then, like you said, once you declare for open, you can't go back and become a, a teen or a junior lifter anymore. Like, you're done. Yeah. I think that's simple. You don't have to change the age groups. Teen can still be the same teens that they are. And then uh, juniors and collegiates are still that, like, 19 or, or the 20 to 23 range. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and uh, the other pushback is I don't know if everyone is on board for it, especially the people within these age classes. 
because I do know one thing. Certain junior lifters like being junior lifters. And well, then they get to stay junior lifters. Well, no, they don't have like, to change. Once 23 or like when they get to that 23 level, they're like, no, 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 no. Let's, uh, let's keep it at 23. Let's keep it where they're at. 20 through 23 is junior. I can see a little bit of pushback from them. And then you have to make decisions based on your actual clientele, which is the lifter in this scenario. So, um, I repeat to, uh, cater to lifters who are too scared to go to the open when they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, <laughs> this episode might be difficult for you. Zing. <laughs> for, for certain lifters. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, I mean, all, all things aside, and also it could, it just would help, um, help the title too. I'm a big title guy. I don't know if you guys could tell, like, uh, when I was announcing that we're commentating frat nats and then people are asking like, wait, teen in high school nats too. I'm like, Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to call it teen and junior nationals. And people are like, wait, are you doing high school and collegiates as well? Like, okay, uh, we got to come up with a better title for this entire thing because I don't want to call it teen. Diaper, diaper and frat nats. Yeah. <laughs> Di- diaper yeah. nats and frat nats. Which, I mean, if you're in a fraternity long enough, I mean, you might need a diaper on certain occasions. So I guess that kind of like uh, uh, levels out there. But, yeah, I just didn't want to say – Teen, high school, junior, collegiate nationals. Like, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as, you know, junior, teen, no. junior nationals or high school and collegiate nationals. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, we're we going to be there commentating. I'm going to be commentating pretty much all 1,500 lifters, so I can't wait for that. And we do have some battles. Uh, let's start with the men's side. So our first one in the 75-kilo weight class. Yeah. Um, and we're going to skip around a bit. Again, we might miss some people. We actually were talking well, to some other high school team. We're definitely going to miss people. Sorry, guys. We're, we're going to miss a lot of people. Because for the most part, I'm looking at qualifying totals and names and just seeing who like uh, is putting up totals that could be competitive in the open. Like If you aren't putting up a, a, a total that was competitive in the open, we're probably not discussing uh, those people on this podcast. So these are all the people that at least based off of qualifying totals that one, have a chance to win their class, and two, um, would be fairly competitive in the open as well. Um, in the 75, it's deep. The, arguably, this and the 110 kilo class for collegiates are the deepest classes, male and female. And we got Jeff Luong, Kyle Peterson, Ken Wynn, Elijah Williams, and Jake Walter. I think they're all within like 20 to 30 kilos of each other. Um, I think we got Jeff Long uh, qualifying at 697.5, which again, I mean, like right now we're looking at 75 kilos being like maybe like 740-ish wins uh, raw nationals. So that's how competitive these guys are where I, I hope some of them are going to be doing raw nats too. But yeah, you got Jeffrey Long at 69. or 697.5, Kyle Peterson at 697, yeah. basically the same. Uh, then you got Ken Wynn. He is the, I believe he's the head of Texas Longhorn Powerlifting. Um, he's 685. Elijah Williams, we talked about him. I didn't mention his name, but we talked about him a ton in the last podcast. He is one of the executive members of the Cincinnati team. He's yeah. the one that gave us all the information on Cincinnati. Elijah Williams, 672.5. And then Jacob Walter from McKendree University, 667.5. Mm-hmm. So, like, we got about a 30-kilo difference there, but in collegiates and juniors, 30 kilos can easily be made up for um, because the, the rapid progress they're seeing. Yeah, for sure. And also this, I I don't think there's any surprise that this would be a deep weight class because this is what lifters are going to grow out of. 
because they're young, and I think once they continuously lift, they keep eating, they're eventually going to be 82 and a half. So that yields a really good matchup collegiately or in the junior level at 75 kilos because they're just not quite there yet. Um, and But they're still strong lifters. They're still making a lot of progress. They're still... Uh, they're still, you know, getting on that level of being elite within that weight class. And that's what I think we're seeing here. And and like you said, we have some really good lifters in this. And um excited to see Ken Wynn compete again. Uh, we got to see him at the Texas Barbell Syndicate, the Texas, uh, the Texas Summer Open. Excellent lifter. I think uh, I, I, would, I would actually put him as my favorite going into this. But the other guys you mentioned are are very good. Um, Jeff Long, I actually got to see him train a little bit at certain new levels. Sneaky, strong guy. Like, I just see him one day. He pops off that shirt, and I'm like, all right. Got a little bit of muscle there, huh? And then I see him pull. I'm like, and this I, guy could actually yeah, lift. He's, 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 he's very jacked. Yeah. Um, and I think he just started being coached by Sean Noriega. That's mm-hmm. what I saw when I did a brief little gra- or grab of his Instagram. The only thing I'll say with him, crit. Actually, I think all of these guys have crazy strong deadlifts. So we could have a real fun deadlift battle. The only thing I'll say when I was looking at Jeff, because I, I would kind of consider him the favorite looking at his numbers. Some of the numbers he was putting out were pretty insane in the gym. The only issue I had is I, I didn't love how often he was using straps. And when he was hitting max deadlifts, I, I don't think they would pass in a meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure his top, like he hit 700, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't going to pass in a meet. Um, so it's, I think we see that that could be a thing we say for a lot of collegiate and junior lifters um, uh, over reliance on straps and whatnot. But um, at least what I saw, I didn't see enough from Kyle. He wasn't posting a whole bunch. Uh, Ken's training definitely is going good. I thought I saw like a 584 squat or something like that that he just hit. Uh, that was huge. But I, I definitely, if I'm looking at numbers in the gym, I was looking at Jeff versus Ken. I thought that was the main battle we're going to see. And the interesting thing, I'm going to throw this out there now because it, it kind of ties in. The person who would win this class is not in this class. Uh-huh. He is doing teen. Joe Bornstein likely is one of the favorites to win raw nationals in the open division. Yeah. He would be for sure the favorite to win collegiates or juniors, but he's doing the teen class and he's going to win by 130 kilos. I don't know why he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I assume he just signed up for the age division he was in, but if you're listening, Joe, next time sign up for the class up so we can actually see you compete against someone. Yeah, I because going into this, um, I actually think I think Elijah messaged me about the seventy fives, and I was like, "Yeah, this is a, a deep battle," but I don't know. I would put Joe as my favorite and kind of an overwhelming favorite, and we had to kind of go through the roster to find out he was doing teen, and yeah, like that that does change things. Now you have to compete in a different way because of that, and I think one of the power powerlifting's most promising rising stars is Joe Bornstein. And I'm, I'm hoping to see a show on the team level. I'm hoping to see him really show out there, but yeah, he can be a open national champion. If you look at his projected total, and if you look at what he's been hitting in the gym, he is right up there with the best of them. He's up there with Eric Lapointe. He's up there with uh, Anas Ambar. He's up there with a lot of guys who are totaling over 730 and getting into that 745 range. He is a definite contender. And I mean, to win it, but I actually would put him pretty comfortably in a podium position if he could hit his lifts. Um, and I actually think, I think he made even a post that the 75 kilo uh, division helps him. Just that extra kilo that he doesn't have to cut is going to help him a lot. So um, I, I would be, if you guys are going to view 
collegiate nationals definitely view into teen twat John Borenstein lift because he is a stud. I believe close to four hundred pound bencher. I think he did three ninety six. Yeah, I, mean, I think he, he his last, his his biggest lift he's posted so far in the gym were five fifty one, four oh two, and seven hundred. Yeah. He is so yeah, and he has a seven hundred I mean he's the he's the rare bench and deadlift specialist. I mean his squat's damn good too. I mean he's got a total. This guy is a complete lifter. Um yeah, and uh going back to who you have I mean, if you just look at just uh, pure gym numbers, um Jeff Long, he I mean, if you really look, he, he has a five hundred dots even um from his last meet. And like you said, and this is something that I saw. I think I might have talked to him about it at certain new levels because I think everyone knows my stance on straps. I don't like them. Um, not a big fan. So of I'm, I'm going to correct myself because I, I pulled it up again. I don't want to say it's an over-reliance on straps. He's got plenty of videos posting without straps. It, he's got soft lockouts, and he doesn't hold them. Yeah. Um, I was like, to... he, hit, he hit, yeah, I he was... hit even 650, a pause deadlift, like fairly easy, but it never even fully locked out. So, Jeff, if you're listening to this, Hold that lockout for these last two weeks. Practice that because that's the only thing I, I see so much potential in that deadlift. I just see a little bit of soft lockout there. Um, and that's where, I mean, that can be the difference. That can be the difference. I mean, I think we're going to have four to five people possibly trying to pull for the win. And I know most of these people have big deadlifts. Um, so uh, a soft lockout call, it could be the difference between a national championship or not. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at a competition history too, you see uh, two missed deadlifts at his last meets. I'm hopefully looking at the right person here that occasionally you can get two of the same names. Uh, two missed uh, deadlifts at uh, 317 and a half kilos at uh, Collegiate Junior Nationals last year. Uh, 312 miss on his third. So, I mean, that is a sign that, you know, there there's either a struggle with lockout, which I would agree with. I think it's something that I saw from him is a struggle with his lockout. And, um, yeah, I, I, but the deadlift, he's very, you know, he's very similar to Brian Lee. I think they see Crane at the same gym. Where, yeah, they when do. I looked at Brian Lee, I'm like, ah, the deadlift lockout sometimes looks a little bit sus. And, um, I, and I, I could see the same with him, but definitely a capable lifter who is put together very well. I mean, again, uh, when I was at Surge and, you know, he's wearing the baggy shirt, then he gets ready for deadlifts and he popped the shirt off. I'm like, God damn, all right. Uh, definitely wins the title for most aesthetic lifter in the gym right now. Made made me want to put my shirt back on. Um, and, you know, I see the leverages. I see the potential there. Um, if he figures that out, he is a, just an absolute beast. So um, I, would, I, think I would looking at continue. Uh Again, we didn't prep much for this. Um, we're probably literally prepping as we're walking. Yes. I'm scrolling through Instagram because we decided last second to do this. Um, I'm going to change my pick. It's going to be Ken Win. Um, I did, I'm looking back at. I'm. I'm looking. Yeah, uh, I was wrong. But I got to pick him. He did 685, going five for nine, and hitting what looks like way less than he's doing right now. When he did the TBS summer open, like he had a 546 squat at that meet, and he just hit 584 in the gym. He had a 606 deadlift. He just did three by one pretty easy with 634. Um, he might put up a, again, he, I, I, actually based off of the gym numbers I see, if he can replicate that, that could be a battle between him and Joe Bornstein if they were going at it. I actually think he might be fairly competitive there against Joe. Yeah, well, I, I've always really liked Ken Wins lifting. I think he's consistent. TBS was a difficult meet. I know he was going through a big weight cut, and that meet was not good for a weight cut. 
It was hot in there. That, yeah, you were not there for that meet. It was a very uncomfortable meet for a lot of lifters who did weight cuts. Um, every lifter there was, I mean, no one was like, oh, the, the heat's okay. Everyone was like, it is hot in here. And Ken was, I think, going, I think he had to change his shirt four or five times because it was just sweating right through it. So I think he's going to have a, you know, I mean, it's it's a national meet, so you have, you know, the air conditioning going, you have, you know, you have a comfortable meet setting. And we both know uh, Weston, uh, Weston Hotel, Lombard, um, you know, it's going to provide for a good meet. So I've always been confident with his ability to hit lifts. I think he's going to hit his lifts, and I think he's going to take this. Um I was about to change my pick to Elijah just because we we got it, but I said I said Ken first. So, uh, but Elijah's looking good. I uh, saw some of his lifting. He's 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 looking great as well. And I um, I'm not again. I guess we're this is funny because we are doing research on the fly here. This is pretty much the pre episode of every two white lights episode, but being recorded right now because I'm back on I'm back on Jeffrey Long's open powerlifting. He weighed in at two meets at eighty two. Point nine and eighty one point three once. That's. I mean, he looks like he weighed like, in. More again, than we talked about most. The, this, he weighed this in more the, than me. This class, yeah. I mean, this we, this class is the battle of people who are eventually going to be competing at eighty two point five. I was. I was. If, if you're a collegiate lift, yeah. I was you're a collegiate lifter at seventy five. You're probably not staying here. I was having this conversation with someone at Project Strength who also would be competing at collegiate nationals. Um, I was like. A lot of these 75s are just 82 and a half waiting to happen. And I think a lot of them know this. I think we're, we're starting to get a little bit more mature lifters. We're not staying in that weight class for a long time. But, it, I mean, looking at all the guys here, like I think Joan Bornstein is going to be an 82 and a half kilo very soon. Like he's put together I think he kid. said that too. I think yeah, he's, 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 he's been pretty together. open. that he's, he's put together. He's young. You're going to grow into it. Lucky did it. Aiden did it with 82 to 90. Um, it, it just happens. But I did his look. I'm like, Holy shit! He he weighed in at eighty two point nine one meat. That's heavier than I've ever weighed in at a meat. <laughs> and he compete. I mean, yeah. he hit that weight. He went to seventy three point eight. He still got it, and he did post his best uh, dots. And his his bench improved. He was able to get a one fifty bench. Um, looks like squat had a little bit of an issue here. Um, I mean, going from collegiate nationals to um, his like most previous meet, um, but. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, it doesn't look like the numbers are completely stagnating here. So, all right, well, this is going to be fun. All right. Well, I'll say I'll say a segue here is that there might be some of these lifters who are trying to hold back in 75 thinking they're going to be more competitive. Moving into the 82.5, I'm just going to say it. The fact of the matter is that class is kind of it isn't nearly as stacked. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you were to take the five people we talked about from the 75, let them gain some weight, They'd probably all be in the mix to win 82.5. I think we've got a pretty clear favorite. Um, I don't know much about him. He's from Midland, so a.k.a. he doesn't post very much. Uh, we were kind of put on to him, I think, by it was either Steve Singleton or Grant Iverson told us to make sure to look out for him. But Seth Suzuki, only 18, just hit a 745 kg total at 82.5, um, and he weighed in light. Um, he did that in November. I, I think likely he's probably going to run away with the class. I don't know what he's doing now, if he's going to be able to kind of pop that 745. But even if so, he's still got about a 20-something kilo lead um, based off a nominated total. And the fact that he's only 18, I, I can't imagine he's going to be going on a downward trend. But my point of that is, to an extent, is like I, I bet a lot of those guys at 75 
if they're forcing themselves in the 75, could almost be more competitive in the 82 right now because of kind of looking at this gap here. I think we're seeing a lot of people in the collegiate possibly holding back, um, not realizing that eventually they're going to be 82s and they'd probably be more competitive than 82s almost right now. The other one too, I think this qualifying total is pretty low because um, I've seen some much better lists. Trey Ricard. Oh yeah, Trey. He's a yeah. He's a he's a good lifter. So I'm at Carolina primetime. Solid lifter. I think occasionally with his gym lifts, he could do a little bit better executing them. But the gym lifts, so you got to you got to judge him based on comp lifts. Yep. So yeah, the seventy the eighty two is kind of hard. I think, uh, like I said, I've definitely seen Trey put up some better numbers than he did at his last meet. So I very much assume he's going to be able to better that seven ten. But I look at Seth Suzuki right now it's, it's probably the favorite there um just hard to be able to gauge that for sure because of the inability to do much reach because of the issues we talked about on our last episode with uh collegiate powerlifting and social media mm-hmm. yeah I, it's hard to do research on that and but the funny thing is i remember um collegiate nationals last year and the 82s being i think the most deep class as far as people competing and many of them underperformed and then you had different winners going in there, and um, I think now I yeah, and I agree with you. I think that Seth can definitely hop in there and be that um, that lifter to kind of take it. Um, but uh, is there anyone based on the roster? Do you see anyone else? I mean, hold on. Like as far as eighty two and a half, though, we got we got Charvis, Kyle Christian, Dawson, and Chris Trilly. No, they're juniors. So we're gonna get to. Fuck. We're gonna get okay, to that in a little is, bit. No, this is, I've got yeah, this that. is where I, I'm pissed off. Yeah, because I was like, wait, Charvis is competing and he's one of the best juniors. Do we just want do we just want to cover that? Do we just want to cover that now or we want to come back to juniors after we do collegiate? God damn it. Yeah, sure. Because yes. <laughs> the ju- is, the, we'll just do it. The junior side of the eighty twos are deep. Yeah. Has a very good battle between Christopher Perez and Charvis, who are both so Charvis is coached by Jaron. Christopher coached by Sean. So we got a Nori team battle there. And then you got Kyle Dawson, who was the junior national champion last year at 82.5. All three of them could very well be around that like 760 to 780 kilo range. Um, That's where the battle is. Like I said, the the collegiate side is a bit, uh, the depth isn't quite there. It's the junior side is where it signed up. And that's where I go back to, like, why are we even having this? Yeah, it should this, just be this one. Is, this is just confusing. They just put them all together. Me. Yeah, because I was looking. I'm like, wait a minute. We're talking about, like, the junior. I mean, I will still continue to say, like, the juniors didn't perform very well last year. But looking at this junior roster this year, I think we have a really good roster of guys who are good open lifters. Um, I think Charvis can break himself into the top ten. I think he actually established himself at this meet being the best junior at 82 and a half, but Chris Perez is fucking so damn good. Um, I saw, I, I mean, uh, I remember the meat recap that, you know, Sean posted of him. Uh, I don't know how long ago that was, but I didn't know of him until that meet. And I'm like, yeah, this is a guy you definitely have to watch out for. Hits his lifts, looks really good doing it, executes it well, and just strong as all fuck. I'm, I'm actually really excited to see in yet another... <laughs> Team Nori battle here. Jaren yep. versus Nori. I don't know if I they're going to. I love those things. Or, or please tell me that's actually going to happen. Are you going to burst my bubble? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, it's happening. No, I was going to say. At the same time. For, 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 for people that don't know Chris Perez, I don't know. If, I, I'm actually not sure if you can do this. Because of the change in records, he's probably going to have a shot to bench the open American record. 
I don't know if you're allowed to do that, though, at Collegiate and Juniors, but he for sure will probably bench at Collegiate Juniors. I mean, he benches 441. That's what he did at his meet in December. Yeah. Well, um, I do remember that meet, and then somebody said, he's like, well, it's on the fat pad, though. I'm like, I feel like he has a good bench regardless of fat pad. Or not. Yeah. And if he doesn't do that, Charvis benches 435. So what the hell, man? I'm looking at Charvis. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm looking at Charvis like, I got to learn how to bench f- like like you. I don't know what the, I'm, I mean, both these guys. I mean, I don't know. This might sound mean. I don't know. I guess this is the hot take podcast. Chris looks like a guy who could bench 430, you know? Jarvis, I look at him like, how the fuck do you do it? How do you bench this much weight? Not say he's a put-together 82 and a half, but I feel like I'm more put-together, you know? <laughs> I feel like I have more muscle on my body, and this guy is able to just wipe the floor with me on bench press. Um, yeah, I... I'm I'm obviously going to be paying very close attention to this one because it's my weight class and I really like a lot. I really like um, those lifters and yeah, Kyle Dawson also. He kind of snuck in there because um, I think last year with juniors you were really looking at. I think we said I I think I said on the podcast it looks like Nico Flores is going to walk away with this one pretty easily and it didn't happen. And my I think even my backup pick with and um um Antonio Fazio. Uh, didn't pan out either. I think he was just a little bit too big for the weight class. And Kyle Dawson really snuck in there and was able to win. Um, a lot of those lifters just like couldn't really perform on that day, and he was able to do it. So it means he's hitting his lifts and is it, it was able to do it. But I think you're going to really get the crowning of the best junior eighty two and a half, which is a very good class to be in. I think Charvis has been there. Um, I think he kind of established himself there. And I, I know Lucky is up there as well. So you have three really good 82 and a halfs going at it here from the junior side. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm invested. Yeah. I, I think, uh, again, I'm, to an extent, I'm just combining collegiates and juniors because it. it's stupid to, yeah, do it. This is to not me. do that. I'm getting mad. I, I'm going to guess the winner of this class has the highest dot score of the entire meet on the men's side. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it would be in the 82, because we were talking about it, 82 and a half. If you have a 520 dots, you're outside of the top 10 in, in the open. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at but likely if, if one of them goes like 780 to 785, which I think is very doable. That's what Jimmy just did. And Jimmy, I think it was like a 539 dots. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think they're one of the favorites. And that was, like I said, it'll be interesting because of them, because they'd be competitive in the open at Raw Nationals, but I don't, I don't know what 785 it's probably not getting you top three. It's probably barely cracking in the top five right now. But I don't even think top five. that probably wins you. That probably wins you junior prime time. Yeah, it's it's a weight class where you. I mean, you're going to be an excellent lifter, but is this hard to keep up with everyone else? Like, if you have an 800 kilo total at 82 and a half, you're still struggling to stay on pace with the top three guys. I am fourth right now, I believe. And I have an over 800 total. I am fourth even with my best total at 808. And that's that's kind of what you're looking at, the open side. Juniors, if that's the case, juniors going to be just as stacked. And we do have four or five really good juniors in there. And I think they can, I think they can get themselves potentially to a 785 to 790 range come national time. And that's a huge total. I mean... It's just you, you have to evolve with the sport. 
If you're competing in 82 and a half and decide to stay there, God bless you because it is a, it is a difficult weight class to stay competitive in, especially if you're just trying to break the top 10. Top 10 is difficult. So I'm excited to see those uh, gentlemen battle, uh, battle against each other. Um, going on to the 90-kilo weight class, uh, collegiately, and I think junior-wise, it's kind of the same battle here we're looking at, If I, unless you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Aiden Raider, Tyler Castle, and Liam Newell all competing there. I thought Liam was an 82-and-a-half. Did he move up? or I thought... Am I Let me look here? again. Am I getting the... Because I, I... So am I getting the brothers mixed up? I could always be. Doing I think that. both of them are no. Both of them are signed up for the same weight class. Let me check again because again, this is so freaking hard to look through this roster and figure out things. So we got. So I'm going to just go through because it's going to make sense like this. Taylor Castile is for sure well out in front on nominated total at 765. In second on nominated total, we got Aiden Rainer at Aiden Raider at 737.5. From there, yeah, I might be wrong. Let me let me scroll over here. I don't want to screw up my system well, I've got. Well, um, All right. I remember so I'm just going to go, I'm going to go by, I'm going to go by last name and just find the Newells because they're both signed up. I, for some reason I have them at 90, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, I think it, on his bio, the, you know, with the, the younger lifters, I can't ever tell if they're fucking with people or not. Because... No, they're both, they're both signed up for nine. Okay. They're both signed up for 90. Cause I remember Liam was kind of yeah. toying there with, a, I mean, cause I was obviously getting scented a bunch. Um, it looked like he was definitely going to make a running for the all-time deadlift record, uh, what he's pulling in the gym. And he did say, I think, on a comment that he was probably going to move up a weight class. And But I don't know. I'm like, well, you don't have to do that right now. I mean, I would t- I would take that deadlift for a run at 82 and a half. But uh, it looks like he's moving up 90, which is a mature, smart thing to do um, for any lifter uh, trying to do that. But I think his pull could be the highlight of that um of the uh the 90 kilos. I mean, I know it's going to be a battle for first place, but his pull is up towards 771. Yeah. And that's where he is if I we're skipping a lot of people to talk about him and yeah. I'm sorry to all of that cuz there's a lot of people in like the 700 to 730 kilo range and qualifying total wise Leon's coming in at 687. I'm boosting him up because I, I don't know enough about these other lifters, but I've seen enough from him that he's doing a lot more than 687. Mm-hmm. He literally is probably going to almost like his pull alone is going to boost him up. Like yeah. I think like 60 or 50 or 60 kilos over his last meet or something crazy like that. So I very much expect him to boost. Um, but it's pretty deep there. Again, this is, this is one of those classes where we could be very wrong and someone's going to come out of nowhere because there's just a lot of people here in that 700 to 730 range that I don't know much about. We can't, there's probably like 15 of them. I can't research all of them. Um, but we know Liam's got a huge pull and that could be in sense like the most impressive lift of the entire meet based off of who I know is doing this meet. Aiden, I don't think his training is going too hot. I think he's been pretty open about that. So I, it'll be interesting to see how he comes he's in. A, some, he's a busy those, individual. I think it's, you know, what he has to do um, outside of powerlifting and inside of powerlifting as well is kind of making just uh, busy, but good competitor, moved up to 90 kilos, filling out that weight class. I well And a well-rounded lifter at that too. So, Yeah, and I'm not seeing Taylor. I mean, I might be missing. I can't find Taylor Castile's Instagram, so I can't confirm kind of how training's going. Because obviously, like I said, he's way out in front on qualifying total, so if his training's going well, he's probably going to run away with it. Um, 
And then on the other, on the junior side, it's, it's, it's not very deep. Um, the 90 kilos a bit underwhelming on the junior side. So there wasn't really anyone to, to overly point out there. Michael West, 730 qualifying total. But um, again, uh, it, it goes back and forth. Like if we combine them, combine juniors and collegiates, it makes everything more competitive. But since they're separate, it's just random on which one is actually has the higher quality lifters. Mm-hmm. All right. So then who do you take the, as your 90 kilo guy? I'm probably taking just based off of the fact that I, I, I don't, See from Aiden something special coming, even though I know it's in him somewhere. I got to go for Taylor Castile just because his qualifying totals notably higher than anyone else's. He'd have to have a bad beat face off of that to, to not win. All right. I'm going to take Aiden because I love him. And that's Alrighty. Just, yeah, that's just a very, uh, that's just, you know, a guy that I've seen grow throughout the years. I remember the 17 year old kid just pause squatting 780 or 480 in the gym when i first met him I'm like what the fuck and uh it's good to see him uh continuously grow from here um and also an 82 and a half we forgot to do our prediction there i got uh Jarvis. uh i'll go chris just to do something different because i couldn't i couldn't give a, a well thought out answer for why one would win over the other right now nice yeah i i got uh, that that'll be good then all right so Going on to our next weight class at 100 kilos. From the collegiate side, we have Jalen Falk, Matthew Weisenberg, and Evan Orlandi. And also on the junior side, Sawyer Clot and James Cole. A lot of good lifters here. I'm excited to see it. Um, Jalen Falk, if you guys have probably seen him being reposted on House of Highlights and SportsCenter, he's like 18 years old, and he has a 500 dots. He is an absolute stud lifter. He is incredibly explosive, but Midland, so we have no idea what he's doing now. I just remember seeing him at Corrupted Strength in Houston and being like, wow, all right. I guess that's how 18-year-olds look these days. Just every bit of put-together, jacked, and explosive as any lifter I've seen in the open class. Definitely a bright future in this sport for uh, that lifter. Yeah, Yeah, you can just look at him, and uh, he's he's got that... And for lack of a better way to put it, like you look at him and you can see a guy like Ashton Rouska where you just know at the time they're 18, like, holy cow, this guy has elite, elite genetics. And if the work ethic and the coaching can match that, um, if you all don't know who he is, you will know soon because he is freakishly strong. Mm-hmm. Um, which is with that being said, I mean, there's another Midland. Which is funny because he got posted on the biggest like media outlets you can for sports. And I think people, I don't know, he, I think he deleted his Instagram or deactivated it. And I'm actually seeing that from a lot of Midland people that I'm searching right now. So thank, thank yeah. you for being well, on we the nose, about Midland. It. Thank you for being right on the nose we're talking about last well, podcast. Again, Toss it up we kind of talked about it yesterday. I mean, I was told by Midland lifters that I was told by Midland lifters that they were told they're not allowed to post close to a meet. So it doesn't help. Again, it doesn't help you. Like if, if Midland thinks it's actually helping them, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that's I've always it, said, it, I'm like – Russ squatted 733. Now I know I need to squat 733 to beat him. Russ, that's a huge tactical error on your part. All I need to do to beat you now is just squat 740. Thank you for giving that information. And now I can do that because, because I know you did that. I know and now know that I can do this because you posted it. Watch out, Ash. If you keep on posting your training videos, I might just have to squat 840 pounds to beat you so stupid so 
Matt Weisberg, he was someone that a couple of years ago he he hopped on my radar because I think he put he put up something big in the as a eighteen or nineteen year old in the ninety three kilo class. But since then, I think it's been a little inconsistent. Again, Midland lifter, hard to know kind of how training's going. Um, the person that I think is the dark horse here, and you might know more about him, Evan Orlandi. Yeah, he's the one. He, he we talked about him for the TBS Summer Open. He kind of came out. He had big PR total. Young guy who was pretty raw. That's coached by Kyle Miller. That just has a lot think, of potential. I, I, I don't know how it's going now, Waleed. but I want to correct you there. I think he's coached by Wally. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, coached by Project Strength. Last name Project Strength. Yeah, whoever this Project Strength last name is, he's in the Project Strength family. Um, I, I mean, it was funny because we put him as a dark horse in the TBS Summer Open. He really showed out there. His lifts are looking very good right now. He is continuously growing. I think he started off 82 and a half, and I think he's progressively gotten better with each weight class that has moved up. He's getting bigger. He's getting stronger. And 100 kilos, I the, the lifts he's putting up right now is just more evidence that he's growing with his weight class. His squat's looking a lot better. He just, I think, pulled 733 in the gym. He's he's a guy who goes I mean, eight for eight for nine nine for nine type of lifter. I think at this meet with you know what he has to do what what he has to do it's that TBS meet again. I'm going to put some asterisks by it because it was a difficult meet to compete at. Everyone who did well at that meet, you know, hats off to you because it was a hard meet to really do well at. He was one of those lifters who did very well at the meet. I think with this the travel. I don't think he's doing any sort of weight cut because he's going up from 93. So I think 100 kilos is a very comfortable weight class for him. I I really like his chances um, in the collegiate side of this, and I'm I'm excited to see him because his progress has been fantastic. I see him in the gym a lot. He puts in the work. He's doing well. I'm and I and and with with Jalen, there's a there's a tendency here to think that he's going to overreach just a bit. And I think if he tries to overreach, Evan has him. Pause right there. And we're back. I think, based off of all of what I know or don't know, like you said, Jalen and Matthew are a little bit of wild cards just because we don't know what they're doing. I like Evan to take this on the collegiate side, I think. I think that extra weight and the continued progression, how raw he is, I can't imagine he's not going to go pretty notably over 765. Uh, I think Matthew and Jalen just recently competed uh, because Midland competes a little bit more often because I know a lot of these collegiate teams have to basically do that based sometimes off of school rules. Um, yeah, I think I've got Evan winning this. The only thing is, if we combine them, I'd be going Sawyer Platt all day, every day. Yeah. I think Sawyer Platt is going to put up something absolutely stupid. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a battle with him and James Cole, but I, I feel like James Cole, he's cutting down. He was uh, a 105 and he's cutting down to 100. And I think, while his training is still going good, I don't know if he's going to add to his total as much. I think a lot of it's trying to maintain that 800 kilo totally has. Where Sawyer Platt hasn't competed in a while, and what he's doing in the gym um, looks like it's going to just blow everyone out of the water. Yeah, and I think he's he's one of those power uh, powerlifting's in my opinion, the rising stars, breakout performers. He's so damn good, and he's polished. He's put together. He's a guy with great leverages, a lot of size to him. He has all the things, you know, size, technique, and leverage. Um, I would completely agree with you there. I I really like what I'm seeing from him. I, I mean, I've I've had for about two years now. Uh, one of the be- better younger, uh, one of the better young lifters in the sport. So I agree with you. On the junior side, I'm really going to spotlight him 
as far as a guy to watch. And I think it's going to be the best overall hundred kilo lifter at the meets. Yeah. I think the biggest thing was we were, he already, he's had a big deadlift. It's his squat. That's really impressing me. Like, I think he's going to have a, a low to mid 600. Actually, no, I think did he squat 661. I am not Let sure. Let me look at this real quick. On, All I know is his squat is definitely going to be a big PR. I mean, his, his deadlift also tracking there too. But it was his squat in particular that was something that was really impressive. So he squatted 628 in his last meet. Uh, let's see if I can find something. No, I'm not seeing it. It's kind of hard to find. I, I feel like he squatted mid sixes at some point. But yeah, either way, I like I like Sawyer to probably take this 100 kilo class overall. Uh, if we're looking at juniors and yeah, here's 661. He squatted 661 back in January. Yeah, let's look at it. Honestly, it wasn't even, it was hard, but it wasn't that hard. Like I, I assume he can do that. Um, yeah, I think he's going to take, he's going to take the hundred kilos on the junior side. And then I'm going to take Evan Orlandi to take it on at the collegiate side. Yeah. And you know what? I'm just going to match your picks here. Cause I'm not going to pick against that. Um, just cause you know, Evan's a project strength lifter and I like, see, like what I'm seeing and Sawyer, I, I, I'm just that high on him. And then on to our next weight class, which has, man, you know, these, these young guys, there's just some big, heavy hitters at the 110 kilo weight class. I mean, you would expect more yeah. of the talent to be in the like 75 through 90 kilo weight class. This is the deepest I think we have as far as collegiate and juniors go with the 110 kilo weight class. Yeah, I will say the the collegiate side is deep, but the junior side's competitive. Yeah. And I think you're going to see the ju- some premier open lifters too um, from that junior side. Yeah. I mean, they're they're ready there. We've got the premier battle is Arthur French versus Paul Harayo versus Sean Mills. Last year, we had a really great battle between Sean Mills and Paul Harayo that came down to the final poll. Sean Mills pulled for the win. If I'm looking at those three, I think Sean Mills has distanced himself. Sean Mills has distanced himself to where he's one of the people that probably needs to enter the NBA draft Mm-hmm. and go pro. Um, I don't know his plans for rationals. He very well probably be in the battle if he wanted to do that primetime meet to be uh, the possible champion and win his pro card. But he'd also probably be pretty darn competitive at the 110 class um, in the open as well, mm-hmm. uh, even though the 110 class is pretty deep in the open. Um, he, he's probably – I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm putting him as a heavy favor on the junior side. On the collegiate side, like I said, probably – those three lifters on the junior side would be the top three on the collegiate side too. But once we're getting to the junior or the collegiate side, you've got Tyler Wilson at 780, and that goes all the way down like seven spots to where you got people between 750 to 780, like eight feet. Um, and again, when we're talking collegiate lifters, a 30 kilo difference isn't that much because one of them could have hit a growth spurt or decided that fair life milk was finally good and that they want to start having more calories and drinking a gallon a day. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden blow up because you've got Tyler Wilson, you got Sam Pence, Carter Welch, Brock Wetzlitz, Jeremy Orm, Justin Alambi or Allenby. And then there's one that I haven't seen really post much. I think he probably posts more on his YouTube channel, but I know for a fact uh, we've been hearing of that. His training is looking good as Ryan Dangler. Yeah. Um, who may be the most jacked man at this meet. Yeah, I saw him in Columbus for like a split second. I'm like, holy shit. I did not know he was that big. Um, this is a deep weight class. 110 kilos, I, you're going to see some really good lifting and also just an entertaining in an entertaining weight class because you kind of get the best of all the worlds here. Big weights, big lifters, 
I think this is the 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 weight class of spotlight. I mean, you know, Weez is competing, so you know you're gonna see the live stream views boost when he's competing. He's the influencer. He's the sway swayer as far as views go. It's gonna be very fun to watch all these listeners compete at once. And you know, I think I think Weez and I think I think Weez and French are the guys really to look after. I think it's gonna be one and two. Paul is a great lifter. I think he's going through some battles right now with injury. Um, I think yeah. he's kind of dealing with he, that. It seemed like he had so. Yeah. It, yeah, it looked like he had a couple hiccups there. Um, so, yeah, I agree there. I think it would be Sean versus Arthur French. And Arthur's got the big pull. Um, Sean Mills has struggled. He's, he's hit a little weird little thing with his deadlift lately. Um, so I think Arthur will have likely the last pull. But subtotal-wise, based off of Sean, I mean, Sean's squatting in the, in the seventh. Um, that, that he's got the rust. It's it's the rust effect there, where like he just puts on. He's got like a, a forty kilo squat lead going in the bench. Well, his I mean, but his pull though is nothing to sleep on. I mean, oh, I no, not at all. Yeah, his pull he, is fantastic. I'm just saying, Arthur Arthur can out pull him probably, but I think Sean gets such a lead based off of the squat. What, is, what are the Arthur's top endies? Would you say? I think he pulled seven seventy. I. I think he's so the thing with Arthur is occasionally he opens too heavy. And I think if he I think if he selects his attempts well, I think definitely he is the bigger puller of the two, but I think Weeze would take smarter would take smarter jumps and I think potentially you can see Weeze have a bigger pull at the end of the day from Arthur. I think if you're just looking yeah, I at could, the two I could be wrong there. I think if you're looking I feel, at the two, I'm trying to look the leverages go definitely towards Arthur's way, and I think he can. I think he could be a eight hundred pound puller in the near future, or perhaps very soon. But I think on occasion at meets, and what I even see like this from his gym list, I'm like, you know, that was that was a bit of a grinder. That was a bit sticky there, and I don't know how often you want to hit that. And I think Weez is a little. He, you know, I he hits the 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 patented flex eights. He's. I think he's the the poster boy of the flex eights. But I think right now I'm a little bit more confident with him um, getting into that 750 to 771 range. I think he would be at 762. If I was going to – in a competition, I, I think 762 is his, his weight, and I think I think Arthur is in that same range there. Um, but at the same time, I think Arthur just has a good – Attempt selection, he's at seven seventy one to seven eighty easy, because he's he's got beautiful he's got beautiful technique he's got and beautiful leverages as well. I just I want to like on on occasion I I'm not a big fan of uh, some of his attempt attempt selections. Love the lifter, love him, excellent lifter, a lot of potential there. But sometimes I'm like I don't know if I would have done that if I were you. Yeah, and if you would ask me what. Let's see where it is. January sixth, Weez pulled seven seventy one. Mm-hmm. He looked like on a uh, on a tear to do something. I still don't disagree. I still think he's probably going to be in that like seven fifty to seventy seven sixty area with the potential for more. Um, it's just that if there was one lift that Arthur could gain a little advantage, it's maybe deadlift. Yeah. I'm trying to give Arthur something here. Yeah, well, because I mean, otherwise, I think I think Sean's going to run. Oh, Sean's going to run. Think, Sean's going to go eight fifty plus. Yeah, I think though. I mean, this is based on what I've seen in the past. It could just turn into he figures his out and he just goes with proper attempt selection because his top end, I think, could be in the 780 range. Like, Arthur is a puller. He's a forklift. 
the dude can pull the house. I just I, occasionally when I see him at meets, I'm I'm just I I think he leaves some weight on the table there because of um uh, potentially opening a little too high. Yep. Um, so I think we probably both agree. I mean, it's going to be Sean Mills to win the juniors and likely very ironic uh, per our last hashtag, uh, (laughs) (laughs) which yeah, we'll, um, and then I don't, there's, they're so close and I don't know enough about a lot of these 110 kilo lifters on the collegiate side. I'm going to go with Tyler Wilson only because I've seen him compete in person. I think he actually did a meet. I was like co-directing. Mm-hmm. Um, in tw- early 2020, right before COVID. So for simply that reason, I'm going to go Tyler Wilson. Um, and he's also, I know for a fact, since that meet has continually added to his total. So I like the projection of where he's at. Um, the one where I look out for, just because again, I don't know enough about a lot of the other lifters training, is I look out for Ryan Dangler to come and do something stupid um, because I don't think he's been posting much and I think his training's been going pretty well and he just has a lot of potential. So I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ryan come in and do an 800 kilo total and, and blow people out. I think I've heard his deadlift has been crazy lately because maybe his back has been feeling a little bit better because he was suffering some back issues. But yeah, I'm gonna without be, knowing enough, I, Tyler Wilson. I think I'm going to be you know surprised here with um, with the 110 kilo lifters. You know, outside of like the junior lifters, right? I think on the collegiate side, I'm, I'm these lifters are I some of them I know, but you know a lot of them are going to be just surprises to me because it's. Really hard to keep track. Um, I would, and then I, yeah, I would have to. Go and then I'll add on that too. And Weez, but also this is. I just want to bring this up so it doesn't sound like I'm picking on him. This is the reason why I have. I mean, maybe with the 110 kilo weight class, uh, he goes up here. But Arthur, I remember at Collegiate Nationals, he opened at 332 on his deadlift, and I was like, whoa, okay, why are you opening that high? And. It looked like his last meet a lot smarter of deadlift attempts where he finished out the day at 342 and a half. That meet, I mean, at Collegiate Nationals, he was still able to pull 345, but he missed 352 and a half. Um, and I think maybe, I mean, I think, I think 352 and a half is a good number for him. Just, I think if you take those appropriate jumps, you're there. I'll throw out one more name because it's really the last person we're going to talk about on the men's side. I mean, it's the same thing as Joe Borenstein. We got Dustin Limerick, a team three, 110 kilo total coming in with a 795 qualifying total. If he was doing collegiate, he'd probably win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So um, another one, uh, he's going to he's gonna win by like 200 kilos in the teens. So Dustin, you need to do collegiate next time. Or just do open. Screw it. Yeah, everyone go open. No, well, I mean, that would be so – yeah, again, we promote that, and then per our last podcast, we're talking about, like, man, we want to see collegiate lifting grow, and then we just encourage everyone to go <laughs> open anyways. Um, it depends. It really does depend on the lifter. It depends on who you are, what you do in the gym, or uh, what you do at meets, um, where, you know, occasionally it's I, – I would like to see some of these lifters, uh, you know, go into the open and really challenge themselves. But on to the female side. And also, I think we didn't mention Jordan Spence, 125, before we get into Jordan Spence, 125. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was kind of a, a lone wolf there. I don't, I didn't really see too much competition for him, but Jordan Spence, McKendry lifter, I got to see him compete, I think, back in December at a Missouri meet. Super, super strong. I, it would have been, I, I think he used to be a 105-kilo lifter. I might be wrong on that. Um, 
and that was that he was kind of in that mix with like Sean Mills and Paul and all that. But he's gone up to 125, and yeah, I, th- I see him as a pretty pretty heavy favorite there. I think he's got about a 32 kilo uh, qualifying total advantage over next place. But I mean, he 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 very well could go 820 to 840. Big big deadlift. Uh, he might take an attempt at 800. So yeah, I, I think he's probably my runaway favorite at the 125. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on both sides. I don't think there's really too many junior 125s that were uh, ultra competitive. Oh, I, mean, I take that back. Yeah, Brandon Gulch. Brandon Gulch at eight fifteen. So if it was if they were competing against each other, that would be interesting. But they're not because one's a junior and one's collegiate. And again, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah that that really that really. What, hey guys, collegiate lifters, when we're doing these preview shows, that really hurts our preview shows. Just telling you, just like that whole distinction between yeah. collegiate and junior lifters really hurts when we're trying to do some research and get something in there. So, yeah, <laughs> just. Just an FYI, if it sounds a little bit cut off, that's the reason why. Um, on to the women's side. So we're going to start off here with a lifter I think we mentioned a few times. Actually, did she win an award on Two White Lights? Uh, she, was in a, she, was in a, she was in our running for breakout performer of the year. And honestly, she may have won it if I had known the information I know now, which is that she's going down to 48 kilos. Um. She was a very light 52 kilo lifter. I think she weighed like 49 kilos maybe for her last meet. It was very, very light. So she's going to 48. She totaled 390. And that was last year. She's someone, I think she's only like 18 or 19 years old. She's on the trajectory. Maybe force Heather Connor to come back to the USAPL. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, this is where we're going to see it too. This is very similar to 75 kilos for the men's side on collegiate nationals where it's deep. Women eventually are just going to not be able to stay within this division. Very few are able to stay for a long time. Heather Connor is like one of the only ones. Um, well, that forty-eight kilo thing that helped a lot, though. Yeah. Like we're talking, like Jessica. Uh, actually, before we even get into this, just we're not trying to like not talk about the women as much. There's not as many women competing at collegiate and juniors that are competitive open wise. Um, but what I will say is, unlike the men. We have three women, maybe four, who could win nationals this year in their weight class. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. And Jessica is one of them. I think she she's likely going to be the favorite. I coached Demetria Thayton. Mallory Brown is going to be in there too. Um, and I, I, I'm backtracking here a bit, going back to 48 kilos. That 40, like I'm using Demetria. That 48, that one kilo made a big difference in how long Demetria probably can stay in that weight class because she hangs around 105, and so we had to cut to 47. Now the fact that literally 105 is the weight class, she's got it. That probably expanded her ability to stay in that weight class for at least another two years. No problem at all, if not longer. And I think that helped out Jessica too. Um, but yeah, I, Jessica, I think is going to be the favorite going in. She's going to be the runaway winner collegiate. I don't think she's probably going to empty the tank by any means. I was talking to Rob Escalante, her coach, and I, I don't think they're really going to have to, they're not going to do much because the goal isn't to necessarily win collegiate, it's to win raw nationals. So yeah, we'll get a taste, but I don't think we'll get the full a full effect. And that, and that weight class becomes really in, interesting now because, like, what happens with a lot, you know, you had Heather Connor dominating the weight class of 47 kilos. You have the kilo going up, and you have a lot of great lifters who are going to be in that weight class that are going to – I think you're going to get a, you know, five lifters there who are going to be strong. But this is one of my early favorites of that weight class is Jessica. Her last performance at the H Town Showdown was in very, very impressive. Um, a, a definite contender there for breakout 
you know, lifter of the year. And I think maybe in a lot of people's list, she would win that. Um, so it's going to be great to see her compete there. And I think potentially an early favorite there for 48 kilos going forward and also for the future as well. Um, we have to see how long these lifters stay in. But like you said, with that kilo difference, I think a lot of lifters will stay in. Uh, we have we have a lot of lifters who I think are going to, I think, bring a little bit more of that competitive edge to the 47, 48 kilo weight class. And it would be the younger side because I think even with Heather Connor, she's with Turbo Tiff. Like Turbo Tiff is, what, 19 years old? Something yeah, young. super young. Like, well so into it's all going to be young lifters. Like they're all going to be junior lifters because eventually you're just – it's hard if you're lifting weights and eating food regularly and, you know, continuously, you're, you're going to gain weight to possibly 110 pounds. Like, it's hard to stay in that weight class for a really long time. Um, so, you know, when, when it happens, when those battles happen, you really got to look at it. And, I mean, yeah, like you said, we have a lot of open lifters here or a lot of these lifters who are going to be very good open lifters um, in the 56 kilo weight class on the junior side or the collegiate side, um, Ariana Davis and Victoria Vargas. What do you know about those two? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, I tried to find them on Instagram. I couldn't find anything. I just know looking at their qualifying totals, uh, Adriana is at 397.5. Uh, Victoria's at 390. Both of those, like if we're looking at like the 56 kilo open division, we got Maya Wright kind of on a pedestal. I think she's at like 455 kilo. After that, there's a nice little bulk of people around like 400 to 420-ish. Um, and if we're saying, like, I don't even see Adriana or Victoria signed up based off of a team, so I can't even go to like Midland or McKinsey to say they're working with them or whatever it may be. I, I, it, it, I just have little to no information other than the fact that qualifying total-wise, they're highly competitive in that class. And it wouldn't surprise me to see one of those kind of burst out in like that 410 to 420 range. And if they do they'd be a, a plausible top three fifty six kilo lifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think with, I think with the research on this side, it's been a little bit difficult. I mean, I I'm trying to get some research in for the 56 kilo lifters for this meet. Um, so I have something to commentate for. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're going to see some battles at least we're going to see some people who are going to really get, get out there. And also they're young lifters. The, Upside for potential of growth is going to be great for those lifters as well. So, I, yeah, um, I finally found Adriana because I found it. I just yeah, found her prob- link possibly, through Open Pop. Yeah, she yeah she won high school national. Uh, she won high school nationals at sixty three kilos, eighteen years old. So, you know, a, a, a ton of room there. You know what I mean to to continuously grow and yep. you know to get a collegiate national champion at eighteen years old, but be a nice little feather in your cap if you're able to execute there. Yep. Um, she is coming down from 63. Let's see her last. Uh, she's already competed, though, at 56. She, she did that actually in January. She hit 876. It looks like that did affect her a bit because she hit a 347 squat last year at high school nationals in the 63-kilo class, albeit weighing light. In January, she hit a 319 squat, and her total came down by about 25 kilos. So if maybe she's able to train now more at that weight and she's starting to get more comfortable. I mean, I see a 286 by three sets um, on squat. So it looks like it's going well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, she's young, not uh, still can't find anything on Victoria. So just based off of that and seeing that it looks like Adriana's training is going solid and that she could, for the most part, at least match what she did in January, if not better that, I'm probably going to go with her to win on, on the, the 56 kilo side. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. As well as I can see, I can for sure see her deadlift 
I can for sure see her deadlift has improved over that 358 she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're, that's all you're going to see really from these lifters is this improvement. If you stick with it for long enough, I think you're going to. And if you stay passionate, you stay within the sport, you're going to see progress there. And I think she's on a, a good path for that. And also, we're probably mispronouncing your name, Adriana. Hopefully, we're not pronouncing Sorry. your name horribly. I don't know. Yeah. It just happens. I mean, speaking of which, I mean, someone you're very familiar with, Lysha Gardner. Yeah. Yeah, I may have been wrong once or twice. Yeah, you want to just do that now? You want to predict her good lift points or her dots and just get it wrong? And I won't. I think maybe she she could boost from 98. She's going to probably boost from like 98 to 99 up to maybe 101 (laughs) to 102. I'll give, I'll I'll maybe say that. Like, that would be a good meet for her if we can boost to 101, 102. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's going to be great seeing her compete again. I mean, um, she had herself a really good meet at Collegiate Nationals prior, correct? Or from uh, 2021? She, she, I don't know her placing. She hit 970, and then at the TBS Summer Open just four months later, she hit 1047. Mm-hmm. So she took, she took a huge jump from the Collegiate to TBS as well as the fact that, I mean, she's going to be going 67.5. Well, I guess she actually, so what it looks like is she was a 63-kilo lifter. She started moving up to 69, but I assume it's not perfect that 67.5 is like a perfect spot for her. Um, She's definitely the favorite. I think she's got about a 25 to 35-kilo advantage over Catherine Rudebusch. Um, Catherine's young, though. I think Catherine's a freshman at Midland. Um, She's been competing for a while. She was on the IP team as a sub-junior. Um, I think she's at a 450 qualifying total. Laisha is at 485. But I mean, seeing Laisha's training, she's working with Marcellus now. I think she was hitting like two and a half to five kilo PRs on all her lifts last week, and that was not even her heaviest week yet. I definitely think she's a heavy favorite. But with that said, this is probably the deepest class on the women's side because Absolutely. Catherine is highly competitive. Mm-hmm. We've got Emily Cooker. I believe she's coached by Sean Noriega. And then I don't know much about her. We were told to look out for her by, I believe, Grant is Evelyn Mendoza. He said Grant Iverson. Putting this out there, Grant Iverson, Which, the name's when, attached. Whenever said he would, yeah. Whenever that, that is brought up, you have to take it with grain of salt because Grant Iverson yeah. said it. He he says Evelyn can win silver. Okay. I don't know enough to predict that. He says it. If he's right, maybe he steals the Oracle title. But for now, we'll leave that as is. Um, either way. Again, like I said, the 67.5 class is, un- is for sure the deepest on the women's side. And I actually, I think we're seeing that on the open side, too. I think some people didn't love the 63 split to then going 60 and 67.5. But I think we're now saying that the 67.5 is the deepest class in all women's power. Yeah, you're, you're, I think on the USA yielding, side. We're yielding that like 60 and 67 and a half kilo weight class is the most competitive, most stacked, and I think has the most impressive lifters like, in it with that split. Like, I... Yeah, because we got a lot. We got a lot of the top sixty threes moving up, and then the and then the sixty nine kilo lifters stayed. So we're just getting two highly competitive classes now merging, and I love it. I I I I mean, I I know some people weren't happy. I am. Like we said, time is going to heal it because I think now we're seeing the lifters from ninety three move up to one hundred kilos, and or uh, or going down to ninety. That really works for them. It's like a. uh, the, the good amount of lifters in 93 were upset, but now when you see, like, this, the progress that some of these other guys are making, they make those big cuts, works, and then you're saying, I think you're seeing the same thing on the women's side. I think with a little bit extra weight gain that could have or the maybe the, you know, not as big weight cut that they need to take, 
I think you're going to start seeing uh, people grow, get into that weight class, be more comfortable in that weight class, and you're going to see great performances as a result and really competitive weight classes as well. Um, yeah, and Elisha Gardner at 67.5 kilos is a great open lifter as well. It's going to be... Uh, you know, it's it's going to be hard for her. She's going to be a great open lifter, but I think, like you said, with that uh, with that prime time spot, with the best teen and junior lifters, she's uh, going to be up there, and I think potentially a favorite. I think she, because, well, we'll get to them, but I'll say their name. I, I'm going to assume, if, if they're doing Raw Nationals, Jessica Espanol, Espanol, Maria Daly, and Alexis Jones are going to go open, because all three of those lifters could plausibly win their open classes. Laisha is the only one I see here that is probably right on par dots wise with all four of those lifters, but she's just got a, I'll call it a more competitive class. I mean, she's got to get past Sam Calhoun. She's got to get past Claire's eye. She's got to get past Gabby it's, Martinez. It's like That's going to be a hard class to win. It's like the 82s and a half or even get, it's like the 82s. Yeah, it's going to be hard to get top. It's going to be hard to get top three. So I could very well see her going prime time and probably be at the prime time junior session. And then she would probably be the favorite then. Yeah. Yep. So I'm assuming both of us so have her winning the six, seven and a half kilos on the collegiate side. I don't know. I might go Catherine just so I have another shirt made about me. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool having your name on a shirt, right? Or you're yeah, I didn't take shirt. offense. I just I, it, uh, any and all publicity is good publicity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, but yeah, know, yeah, I'll go. I'll go like. I'll go Laisha. I, I think she's going to well, win. I think it. you're continuously pronouncing your name wrong. I think it's Laisha. Lysha? Yeah. Okay. I could be. I could. I could be. I'll, I'll get, a name. I remember. I think that, that will be the shirt time. Is the is the is the <laughs> correct pronunciation of it on it? Yeah. Of, of the shirt on the back. All right. Well, I mean, now it's uh, Maria Daly. Like, I don't think this is a Midland thing of not posting. Her. I just think she doesn't post on social media. Because here's the thing: uh, on occasion, so we we hear of these lifters, right? We heard of. Um, uh, Jalen Falk, right? He got reposted on House Highlights and Sports Center. We knew of Perk. We knew of Shane Nutt. We knew of um, uh, name escapes me. I apologize. I'm gonna have to edit this out. Oh, Chloe Dublin. We we knew about these lifters. Maria, we know because she's a, a terrific lifter, but I don't think she posts anything on social media, even if she. Was no, able we to. we just we see random meat highlights. She just <laughs> did another amazing. meet, I think, in December. She hit 525. I don't. She's not currently signed up for Raw Nationals. I am very keen on watching that because since I coach Autumn Green, um, I mean the the top 375 kilo lifters in the USAPL currently are Maria Daly, Jasmine Ten, and Autumn Green. So I am very keen to see what Maria Daly does here and if she's signing up for Raw Nats because she has incredible potential. Like I, I, I very much see her being a national. She is going to be a national champion at some point. Uh, but just as Autumn Green's coach, I'm very interested to see where she's currently at because I, she, I, I look at her as one A and one B and one C between Autumn, Jasmine, and her. Like they, I, I, any any one of those could win depending on how training's going. And the funny thing is, all three of them don't really post their lifting. Nope. Autumn probably posts the most, mainly because I share it um, sometimes. Uh, and if she doesn't post it, I put on my story with just a raw video. But Maria and Jasmine, we never see anything, so we have no idea what's going on in that class. But, I mean, Maria's going to run away with this class at Collegiate. Um, I don't even know if she'll empty the tank. Uh, um, and more of the battle for her would be interesting to 
he does overall, um, looking at best overall lifter versus Leisha and Jessica and Alexis. Oh, yeah, yeah. we got to start looking at that, too, just best overall lifter at the collegiate side because I think her, her lifts are highlighted as well on uh, last year's uh, collegiate nationals because it's, it is really unbelievable what she's doing. And her, none, I mean, her numbers just don't lie. Like, she is a fantastic open lifter, and I think you're going to see something open from her. And she's not one of those, like, occasionally gets a flash in a pan, the young lifters. The progress is there. You're seeing it. And possibly with more maturity than every collegiate lifter. Just, like, I, I think just kind of not interested in posting anything on social media. So, yeah. Um, I this is a good preview for Raw Nationals or uh, Mega Nationals, what Maria does at this meet if she signs up. And potentially, I mean, regardless, what number she's going to put up is going to be, um, it's going to be scouted, it's going to be documented. And uh, going up a weight class, 82 and a half, Alicia Pager, Laya Soto, and uh, Kylie Stark. What do you know about these three? Don't know a lot other than the fact that I know Alicia has had some pretty rapid progress. Um, she, in the last year, she went from 931 to 975 to 1058. So uh, she's had some pretty rapid progress. Um, I'm looking at Layla. She just competed at the Collegiate Cup back in December. That was her first, maybe that was her first meet ever. No, no, no. I, it looks like she did single-ply Texas high school powerlifting. And then she has not competed since then. So she she's a very, like, no pun intended, raw lifter too, switching from single ply to raw, but like she has not been frequently competing lately. So it's hard to know. And I don't see a, an Instagram link there. Um, <clears throat> and then Kylie, she just competed really recent um, in January and put up a thousand free total. I mean, look at that. I probably have to go Alicia as the favorite here because her progress has been pretty insane. I'm looking at her Instagram right now. Let's see what kind of where we're at. It looks like she's pretty in line. I don't see anything here off the top that says me she's going to go way over 1058, but I can't imagine her going under that. And that's going to be pretty hard for Layla and Kylie to match since they both competed. They've all three competed recently. And so those totals are pretty, pretty sound in the fact that like that's where they're at and what we can decently expect. Yeah. I think I just know a little bit more um, with uh, Pager. Uh, uh, yeah. Alicia Pager. I, I mean, a lot of times we make these uh, predictions on familiarity. I think we did that with IPF Worlds, too. It's not only collegiate nationals we do this with. It's IPF Worlds and certain meets where we just don't have all the information. All right. mm, I've got, well, again, we're literally researching stuff on the fly here. Layla's best lift at her meet was 413. She squatted 440 four okay. days ago. All right. So we're, that's pretty nuts we're, for 82.5. Talk about sneak attacks, right? Hashtag sneak attack. That's going to be uh, the, the hashtag for this episode. If you got it this long. And honestly, you know, we're going to so get a I'm lot of say, sneak attacks at this meet. Yes, we will. We're going to get a potential. I will sneak say, attack, but we couldn't let it happen. Now she doesn't post very often. I will say it was probably a little bit high, but it was incredibly easy. I think she can hit depth on that. No problem. And crush that. So again, these are all, I think, Super young lifters. Layla, 19. Kylie. Kylie's 24. Alicia, 24. I don't know. It, it, I, if you go Alicia, I'll go Layla simply based off of that squat. Because um, that was that's pretty insane. Mm -hmm. That that was a crazy squat. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I think we're we're going to probably 
we're going to see a lot of uh, just surprising things on the platform. Just because, like, the, pro- the progress from an 18 through 22-year-old is unbelievable. Like, we can see seeing something at a meet, and you can just, next thing you know, they're putting 25 kilos on their, uh, on their total within meet to meet. Like, you just really, we don't have as much information to go off of from just even analyzing what they did at a meet. Because, I mean, if you're a young lifter, you could be just competing in the sport for two to three years. But then there's other lifters here, like Lysha Gardner, who's been competing for a really long time. And other lifters, like, you know, I remember Austin Perkins, when he was coming out this scene, he was, you know, he had more competitions than me. I think he had double the amount of competitions than me um, competing. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's 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 very volatile what you're going to get from these lifters. So um, I think I'm still going to go with Alicia, though, for this. Just, again, for me, familiarity. Yeah, I'll go. I'm looking at Layla. She hit a 220 bench that looked like an opener, and her best bench is 225. So, I see some. I, I can see both her and uh, Alicia putting up like a high thousand pound total, like somewhere in like the uh, 1070 to 1090 range. Which again, the 82.5 class in the on the open side is doesn't have a ton of depth right now. Um, I think that I kind of blame Amanda Lawrence to an extent because a lot of people tried to separate from that class. And now Amanda's gone, and that class is kind of open to an extent. I think K Webb is probably the heavy favorite in that class. But um, based off of a near 1,100 pound total, that would put both of them in the possible running for for top three at nationals if they were to do it, and if they can be able to perform at that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, our last uh, lifter. I also, but hold on, Kyla uh, okay. Stark, uh, Illinois lifter. So I might just take her based on. Me wanting an Illinois lifter. And also, of course, APF lifter. Start off in the old APF and then work your way to the USAPL. The trajectory of many, the start of many elite lifters in the state of Illinois. Start in APF and move your way up to the USAPL. So, um, APF world champions have a lot of credibility to it. If you're um, an APF world champion, it means you're destined, uh, destined on, for greatness. APF national champion and then AWPC world champion. That's, got it. That's got it. So wanna... I'm the only two time when I, that's totally fabricated. That's not, that's, that can't be true. <laughs> only two time <laughs> national and world champion from the AAPF and AWPC. But uh, yeah, Kylie Stark, I mean, home, home field advantage. Doesn't have to make that travel like some of these other lifters do, but uh, moving on to um, our lift, uh, Alexis Jones, hundred kilo plus lifter, Alexis Jones is one of the premier lifters. I think one of the premier junior collegiate lifters in the world right now. And this is another one of those lifters. You take her, you move her into the open, probably the favorite to win open. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously we know, uh, Monica left. I don't know what Amanda Martin is doing, but even so Alexis is probably, I I don't see her signed up for raw nationals yet, but she'd be the favorite. Um, so she's going to be the runaway favorite here. She's honestly almost the runaway favorite, barring what Amanda Martin does, and uh, or Sarah Brenner's coming back. I don't know what she's doing either. Uh, but Alexis likely is the favorite to win Raw Nationals in her class, let alone winning collegiate. So um, she's someone that I mean, she put up a thirteen seventy seven total, um, only twenty years old. I mean, she's probably if there's someone that's kind of on the trajectory to be kind of hitting Bonica numbers and then pushing Bonica who's never been, who really hasn't been pushed in a very, very long time. If ever, I can, I can't remember. In the, if the it, was, it was a really long time. Alex, Alexis is on that. 
Lex is on tra- the trajectory for that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, that's where we kind of get, I mean, I mean, we kind of the same uh, pathway, right, for uh, Bonica Brown, because Bonica has been competing since, uh, how old is she? She was 16 years old, so you got to start young, really, and you, when you look at Bonica's lifts, you can tell that, and same thing with uh, Alexis. Look at Alexis' lifts, she's a person who's, who's primed, who knows what they're doing, who's technique-driven, um, using those leverage as well. I I think we can definitely see an open uh, uh, the preview of an open championship winner with Alexis Jones uh, coming to collegiate nationals and uh, also just a, a good lifter to spotlight someone who's consistently been good at collegiate meets and kind of the uh, one of the headline lifters at most collegiate meets is is her and I think um, we're gonna we're gonna see more of that going into this one as well. I think, again, the Collegiate Nationals can be a highlight meet for a lot of lifters, and I think it's going to be a highlight for Alexis. Yep. Did she just... She didn't just compete at the Arnold, did she? She had a post that she is, but I don't remember her competing. Uh, I don't remember. Look all. that up. I know she was there. We hung out afterwards. Oh, she did. She did the pro bench bash. Okay, yeah, because you know she was she was there. Yeah, you can do that. That's the great thing about the Arnold, the pro deadlift, and the pro bench. You can just do them, and then compete like two two days later, even. Yeah, so. but yeah, I, I expect her to. It, like I said, it's it's less of a thing of will she win the hundred kilo plus class, and it's more of her versus Maria versus Leisha versus Jessica for best overall female lifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something to spotlight, too. So, all right, so let's take that right now to end off the podcast that way. Best overall lifter for the male side and best overall lifter for the female side. I'm going to go – I picked Chris Perez and you picked Tarvis, right? For 82 and a half. For but, 82? Yeah, but I th- – I think 82 is going to win. I think 82 is going to win best okay. overall lifter, too. Right. So, if I, I pick Chris, I'm going Chris okay. for best overall lifter. Okay, well, I'll pick Tarvis then for that. Um, and then on the female side, I pick Lysha. <laughs> just so, just so. Hopefully, you're not in a position to pick her. I'm between Maria and Jessica. Okay. Let me look and see. Actually, yeah, the, all right. Well, I just picked Lysha. Okay, the, Jessica. I mean, if Lysha wins again, and I get this over you. This is gonna be fantastic. I'm going Maria Daly. Okay. That's and Lysha would probably though. be Lysha would probably be second, so I very well could it, she, I could see her winning, and I'm probably going to eat my words. Yeah, and I would love to see again. You I'm, I'm trying to do. I, I love to see. You I'm going to do this again. on purpose because just for the storylines, I'm just going to keep purposely underdogging her for the storylines just to keep this fun going. Yeah, um, I mean, I, well, Jessica is is another solid pick there. Um, what, what was her dots five fourteen at her last meet? No, no, it was four ninety seven. That's probably now her weight's coming down Wait, and the total's probably going up. What? Oh, I thought oh, okay. Oh yeah, I was wrong there. Uh, yeah. Her dot so if I'm looking at dots, Maria has five sixteen, uh Lysha has five oh four, and Jessica has four ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Where's Alexis at? Let's see. Alexis four eighty five. Okay. Based off of their qualifying total numbers. So Maria's definitely the favorite there. Um, it just depends on how much. I mean, what, I mean, I expect of all of those probably Lysha to have the biggest PR total because I think it's been the longest since she's competed, as well as I, I think there's the most that's probably changed for her. 
then uh, with working with Marcellus and the body weight change. I assume the body weight steadily increasing since she's working her way in that 67 class. So I see her probably hitting the biggest PR total, but she's obviously got a lot of room to make up on Maria. And Maria hits lifts. I think she's yeah. nine for nine in her last two meets. Maria's a very methodical lifter. Um, she's kind I mean, she's great. Like, she's a great, great lifter. Uh, her meets are consistent. She hits her lifts, and they're big lifts, too. Her deadlift is awesome. It's, yeah. Like, it's the, I mean, I I think I would, if, if, if uh, Maria was posting, like, every day like I do, I probably would take Maria, like, at every collegiate meet and definitely peg her as an open national champion. But that's how stupid we are in powerlifting. He doesn't do that, so I'm just like, I'm so dumb that I need it constantly, like, there for me to be confident enough in my picks going forward. And it's just so... Well, that's the only so way dumb. we know anything that's yeah, going on. So we don't dumb. Power lifting, if you don't post on Instagram, we can't have an idea of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, people do it on YouTube, and I just don't watch YouTube channels. I'm not saying Maria has one. I'm saying that people do post their lifts on YouTube and save them for YouTube, and I just don't watch YouTube. Unless it's, like a binge of eight-minute clips of Sopranos. Baby Shark. I, 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 when we were in Miami, you watched Baby Shark on repeat to go to bed. That was one of the weirdest things ever. You had to listen to that for 10 minutes straight to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. I And I do that staring into a mirror. That's the yeah, only way I did. can fall asleep. I, that, was actually the le- that was actually the less weird part, the yeah. not having clothes on was yeah, weirder. Yeah, the, me, me naked, staring into a mirror, <laughs> listening to Baby Shark. That's the only way I could sleep. It's very, I mean, people don't, People don't know these things about me. <laughs> That's why we still, it's on my list is Steve interviews Angelo episode. We've never had, you've, you've never been interviewed in a deep personal uh, in a way on two white lights. So we might have to I do that at some point so people can, can learn the, learn the secrets. Yeah. It's like, it's I'm pretty much. And then once you start getting into my mind, you'd figure out that I'm, I'm like Charlie day and you just kind of don't want to get out of it. Really. <laughs> it's like, Oh Jesus. Like that's what he's dealing with. Wow. That's what he does. But, um, do you, do you have, do you have the, the, the drawing book of all your dream, your dream book? Yep. Uh, warm hat. Uh, yeah, no, that's vroom hot. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Well, we just probably lost most listeners here. Um, so frat nets, I mean, we're just going to call it frat nats, but, you know, high school or a, a teen junior national is going to take place this week. This episode is airing on Monday, so the 23rd through, I believe, the 31st, we're going to see all the lifting take place. We will be commentating. You'll be more so for the collegiate side. I'll be commentating the whole damn thing. So if there's going to be a day where there's going to be a teen and junior lifter competing, I will be commentating at least two of those sessions, possibly all three. So very excited, very thankful for the USAPL doing this, getting us out there for that. Um, Very excited to go back to Lombard, Illinois. Lombard had one of the best meets, I think, in USAPL history, 2019 Raw Nationals. Excellent job being ran there. It was a very organized meet. It looked great. It was a good setting for things. It's in the middle of a mall, Yorktown Mall. So there's a lot of stuff to do around that area and also, you know, get and there's food. And there's a Portillo's within five minutes, and that's all I care about. Yeah. Oh, the the typical tourist Chicago guy. Going I, that is not tourist. I live there. Yeah, I live is. there for eight it's I lived there for eight years and had to go there every time. Yeah. It's now, our, it's you our, want you want to go you want to go specific. Teddy's Red Hots is where I'm going to go for beef. Okay. I'm going to go to Fratello's for burgers. 
Okay, yeah. Portillo's underrated burger. Portillo's, Portillo's all around is quality. Better food. A lot of other places have a singular best food, but uh-huh. Portillo's all is quality, especially for a chain. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, if you guys, again, maybe some of the people who are looking to do something around Illinois, Portillo's is solid for all my Texans who are listening. So Portillo's is kind of our Whataburger, but it doesn't suck ass. So yeah, don't, don't compare it to Whataburger. It's, it's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good place to eat where Whataburger isn't a good place to eat. Portillo's is actually a good place to eat. If you want some good fast food. Um, I'm not a big fan of Italian beef just for like, just in general. Um, if you guys are looking to venture like you anymore, then Italian beef is the most, (laughs) the most overrated of all the foods. I'm not a big fan of, Uh, no. Yes. Okay. Lombard 2019. I think I had a, I had a whole group that I told them that the greatest thing on earth is Italian beef with moth wet. And I had probably eight people get it and it lived up to the hype for every single one. It is. So it is literally, by the way, we're off on a horrible tangent here, but it's seven episodes. Who gives a fuck? Italian beef is the worst part of a cow dipped in just juice, meat juice. And it was created because Italians are so damn poor when they came to this country, they needed to find something. Of course, Italians made the best of it because Italians do everything better than most people. But it's simply, if you have other food, I'm comparing it to other foods that I eat. I'm not a fan of it. I, it tastes, I'm like, okay, this, I, this is good. It's, I'll eat it. I'll I'll enjoy it. It's solid, I guess, but like people losing mind like when uh like it lines wrapped around like Chicago for Italian beef. Like I don't get it. Like I'm not waiting in line for Italian beef. I will wait in line for one thing though. If you guys are looking to venture way out of Lombard, Gene and Jude's hot dogs. I'll wait in line for that shit. Ever have Gene and Jude's? Well, I have not, but I'm going to say if you're doing hot takes that Italian beef is, I'll go. Italian beef's overrated. I say Chicago style hot dogs are overrated. I would kind of agree with that because it's a hot dog. No, it's a hot. It's a hot dog. My singular, my singular favorite Chicago food ever I've ever had. I don't know what it's called. There's there is a truck or a food cart outside of United Center in some shady alley that has Italian sausage with caramelized apple onions. That was the greatest thing I've ever ate in my life. Okay. Well, yeah, you're going to get some oh, – well, the best thing in Chicago to have, the best food I've ever had in Chicago is Al Cheval cheeseburgers. If you guys want to go there too, it's in the city, so it's way out of Lombard's way. It's like 35 minutes away probably from Lombard. If you're sitting in that traffic, it's going to be a lot. It's on Haymarket Square, the best cheeseburgers ever. Like, if, actually, we, we might have to go one day if we're in Chicago just to go and well, have I, cheeseburgers. Well, I want – Oh, got I it. want to now. I want to go yeah, there, and I want to go to that hot dog place because I haven't had those. Hands down, the best cheeseburger I've ever had in my life. Definitely in Chicago. It's simple. It's not too complex, but it's uh, it's definitely the best place. And Gene and Juice hot dogs. I will win in line for that. Not a bit. I like hot dogs. Like everyone likes hot dogs, but it's like you can't make it that good. Gene and Juice is a little different because they just grease it up with the with the fries inside of the hot dog at all times, and it just that added like fat that is created there this creates a fantastic experience also there's only one thing on the menu hot dogs and tamales but that doesn't really count it's just kind of like, like billy goat tavern you got to get a much. double you got to get a double double at billy goat yeah i hate yeah <laughs> yeah but you just go to you go to you go to gene and jude's like 
okay, hot dog is what you're getting. You have really have no choice in this matter. Just don't get ketchup on it, and you'll be good. Because it is also like Billy Go Tavern where they will yell at you if you get ketchup. If you get ketchup on your burger, they're like, fuck you, get out of here. Like, they've, they've, they've done that before to um, relatives of mine where they just, like, we don't have ketchup. And they're like, don't put ketchup on your hot dogs. You're an, you're an idiot. But it's fantastic. I guess those are my those. I guess those are my highlights, and it, I mean, of course, if you guys are looking for Italian food, I got to have the plug here. Hopefully, a sponsor of mine coming soon, Pazzi di Pizza in Park Ridge in Elmhurst, Illinois. That's my favorite Italian food place to go to. If you guys are going to ask me what good Italian food to go, I'm going to direct you straight to Pazzi di Pizza. Free ad read. I'm expecting some money from that sale, so soon. But uh, that'll do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tag this as a part of the episode where we talk about things to do in Illinois and just get into a debate about food. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. You're excited, and everyone listening should be excited. Collegiate Nationals is one of my favorite meets of the year. Really awesome to see the teams compete. Really awesome to see some young lifters compete as well. And also, we're gonna look for some content when we're out there. We're gonna have access to a lot of lifters. It's in my hometown, so be on the lookout for that as well. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.